G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. It's show number 159. Thanks to all our listeners for your continued support. Uh, the numbers do keep ticking up and it's gratifying to see at least there are some people out there that do enjoy what we're doing. Andy's in with Dave Turner and we've got a little bit of an interview with him and a couple of his tracks. The big attraction, I suppose, for some of us coming up in the next week or next weekend is the Lights on the Hill out at Gatton. A lot of people are going to be getting out there for that. And on Saturday night, they have the concert out there. Our very own Hayley Jensen is going to be playing at that. But I suppose one of the big attractions coming out from Canada, the Road Hammers, are going to be here and playing a few of their tracks. I expect one of them will be I'm a Road Hammer, one of their best known and probably biggest recordings. We thought we'd play that one for you on the show today to give you a taste of what you might be in for out at Gatton uh, next weekend. Get out there if you can and uh, support that. It's a great day, great rally and a great show. We've got the news as usual and Bob is in with something to talk about. Bob McMillan has a little bit of a swipe at a few people. I do hope that there are people out there without a thin skin. Bob doesn't pull any punches as usual. Something to talk about. Always a good listen. Righto, let's get on with it. Get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. As we continue our search for great new Aussie music, let me tell you this week I've truly got a great treat for you. Our featured guest band hasn't been around very long, but man, have they hit the Aussie music scene with a vengeance, with critics and fans alike in raptures over their unique and contagious sound. In 2021, a bunch of mates with a shared love of classic Southern American-style rock pieced together a six-piece band that's so tight and so professional, you'd swear they'd been around for years. Drawing inspiration from one of my favourite all-time bands, Little Feet, along with other killer Southern rock bands like the Doobie Brothers, Joe Walsh, the Eagles, the Allman Brothers, they've combined the best elements of all these classic country rock boogie outfits into a sound that's all their own, and that just grabs your ears and your heart from the very first note you hear them play. We're joined by the band's guitarist Dave Turner today to talk about where they've come from, where they're going, and a little later we'll be having a listen to their hotter-than-hot new single titled Warm Love. And make sure you don't miss out on the next issue of Truck and Life magazine, where we'll be bringing you more about the band, along with some exciting news. In the meantime, from the dynamite band simply known as Sweet Talk, here's David Turner. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for joining us on the road. Thanks for having me. Mate, every now and then a band comes along that defies pigeonholing into a particular style. If I had to try to be something like Southern Country Rock Boogie, but yep. that really wouldn't do your sound justice. How would you describe the band's sound, Dave? Yeah, well, we have been using the term Southern Boogie just to give it something. Mm. But yeah, like we're equally comfortable in the blues circuit as we are in the country circuit, but it's American music. 
of the 20th century. It's the latter part of the 20th century, essentially. Yeah. But like, it's a gumbo, you know. Like we were influenced by, like I mentioned, Justin Brown in our previous talk before, and yeah, Rolling Stones are in there. So it's like rock and roll, punch music, blues music, gospel music, soul music, Southern New Orleans sort of stuff. There's a lot of Southern rock in there. Almond Brothers. Yeah. We grew up on the band. Yes. Everyone in the band has different influences. Hmm. But a couple of bands we all connect on, you know, like the band is one of those little feats, another Steely Dan. Yeah. So it just kind of like did what came naturally out of loving all of that sort of music. It's a total gumbo, but we call it Southern Boogie just for, you know, ease of people's understanding. Some people have to have a hat they can hang on things. You're right. For sure. Well, confession to make here, mate, I'm a totally unashamed, massive fan of classic Southern bands like Little Feed and the Amazing Rhythm Aces. Yeah. And when you've sent me through your new single to have a listen to, it literally knocked me off my feet. <laughs> Wicked. There's hints in the song that give a nod to both these bands and more, but the Sweet Talk sound is so unique, it's all your own. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like any kind of creativity, you sort of take what you can from the past and you sort of add your own spin to it. If you're not adding your own spin to it, then it's just a homage. And we're really, really aware of that. Mm. We try to kind of synthesize it into our own thing. So, you know, as self-deprecating as some of the lyrics can be, they all come from a true place. So we're yeah. just trying to give it a, our authentic version of the music that we love. Yeah. Well, in this day and age, a big, fat-sounding six-piece band's a bit of a rarity. Mm. How did the band come together, mate? A few of us are originally from Queensland. Good. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love Queensland. I was just there last week. And yeah. So I met Soren in high school, actually. So he's the other guitar player and the sort of co-band leader and co-writer of most of the music. Hmm. And his brother is the vocalist. So we've known each other for 20 years. Yeah. And when we moved to Melbourne, we had a couple of stats of putting this band together. and We tried to have different incarnations and different lineups and it wasn't really working. So we, around the beginning of COVID, we just thought, let's give it one more crack and try and pull a band together. And at the time, I had done a Julian Casablancas and Strokes tribute evening with a couple of people. Uh, that's where I first played with Nick and James, the drummer and bass player. Yeah. And it, it just clicked. The thing that I'm always looking for is someone who can shuffle yeah. and people who can play pocket. And that's actually really, really rare these days. It is. Especially in rock and roll, you find a lot of punk drummers who can do it, but that's a different style altogether. Yep. As soon as I started playing with Nick, I was like, oh, okay, he gets it. Him and James were locking so well, they played together a bunch. So we sort of grabbed them in. And Craig, the piano player, we'd sort of been playing with for a couple of years prior in Melbourne in various bands. We've done a lot of bands in the past, but this was Soren and myself's sort of attempt at just like, let's give it one more crack. One last go where we, we play exactly what we want to play. We're not following any trends. We're not doing anything that we think might be popular. We just do what we love. We want to do, yeah. And lo and behold, it caught a light. So that's pretty exciting. It is, mate. Well, thank God you did for the rest of us. It's brilliant. Thank you. We hadn't tried other singers prior to Kane because... Sometimes you don't look as close as you should, you know, so we auditioned a whole bunch of people. Yeah. But the first time we played with him, Soren and I had sort of written our first EP in its entirety and demoed it all. And as soon as we heard his voice on them, we just thought, man, the singer we were looking for the whole time was like literally in the other room. Right there. Yeah. So it, he's just a phenomenal singer and a phenomenal front man. And he's got a really unique talent. Now we're actually writing for that voice. Yeah. Which is giving it a whole new life as well. You know, awesome. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have a listen to Warm Love, your brand new single, shortly. But before we do, can you share with us a bit about how this killer song came together? Yeah, it's one that had a lot of different starts, really. Like, I had the verse riff from a different song altogether for a while. And mm. I started popping a demo together, and I, I had the pre-chorus and chorus. But in so many of our songs, Soren and I will write, 
one of us write half a song and get stuck and then send it to the other and, and he'll just be able to finish it off. Yeah. So we kind of we got the music down and then we sort of started to develop the narrative around sort of like maybe a, a guy who's going out in the town a little bit too much and getting on the bottle a little bit too much and sort of getting in the doghouse instead of going home and, and being with his missus. So that's kind of where the narrative kind of belongs because I think everyone's been there. Yeah. So we just kind of like demoed it like we do. Yeah. Once we have something fully fleshed out, we tend to bring it to the band. We rehearse a lot, you know, and we really grind to get that right. Mm. You know, and then the recording process is really simple. We just play the song, you know. We record everything live. Yeah. You know, we don't want to use the computer to fix things up. You know, we want to be able to play it, and we want it to be able to translate it live. So we played the song live for about six or eight months before we ended up recording it. Yep. We were hot to drop when, by the time we got in the studio, and I think we did it in three or four takes. I love that you record live. It's so rare these days. So much stuff comes out that's so processed, and you can feel that live feel in the recording. It's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of it. I'm, I'm a producer and have been for 20 years, and I'm a big fan of it. I get why people do it the other way, but if you can really play and that's a part of your sound, there's only one way to do it, you know? Mm. The video you've shot for the song as well, that shows that live recording basically yeah. in the studio. It's a great video. Absolutely. That video was shot on the day we recorded that song. Yeah. So our friends Avery Fraser and his team came in to film that, and we work with them a lot on our video, and as well as the music stuff. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so they, they came in at the beginning of the day and basically captured the whole process right down to the recording of the guitars and vocals. So it was all done in one day. And yeah. Then we sent it off to Trina Shoemaker over in the States to mix. Mm. She's a multi-Grammy winner for Sheryl Crow, and I think we had the mix back in about a week, and then the master was done two days after that. We recorded the song about six weeks ago. Wow. Very authentic. Mm. Mate, you've got a busy time ahead with a lot of touring planned, I believe. What's happening across the rest of the year and into 2024 for the band? Yeah, so we've got Dashville Skyline coming up, which mm -hmm. is in the Hunter Valley. It's a fantastic sort of boutique festival. We, we played last year and absolutely fell in love with it. Towards the back end of October uh, and early November, we've got our Sweet Victoria tour, which we're going uh, regional Victoria. All over the place, Ballarat, Geelong, down to the peninsula. Mm -hmm. November, we head over to Bridgetown, over WA, to play uh, the Bridgetown Festival. And then we've got a couple of other tours we haven't announced yet, coming up in December and January. And we're back to Tamworth Country Music Festival in January. And then the current uh, run ends at the uh, Echuca Riverboats Festival in February. Wow. Busy. <laughs> yeah, really, really busy. Yeah. We managed to get management this year and booking agent and a, a label partner as well. So they're kind of really pushing us along. Good. Uh, it's, it's lovely not to be self-managing and just to be able to focus on the music now. Absolutely. Well, please try and organise a Queensland run at some stage, will you? I'd love to come and see you guys. <laughs> Th those are the things that we're working on at the moment, yes. Good. Queenslanders just love the band, which is just amazing. Yeah. Well, we're going to be doing a bit of a feature on you guys in the next issue of Trucking Life magazine. So, listeners, keep your eyes out for that one. In the meantime, though, Dave, mm. if people want to find out more about Sweet Talk, where can they go online to find all the goss, all the tour info, all that stuff? Yeah, there's a couple of places. Our Instagram's always a good one to check out. We post everything there. We've got a Facebook page. We've also got a, a website. So if you just show Sweet Talk Music, you'll find our website. But they all kind of link together. They, they all share information. So any of those will give you the information you need. Brilliant. Well, sadly, that's all we've got time for today, but it's been an absolute treat talking with our guest, Dave Turner, from the incredible Sweet Talk. Dave, thanks heaps for finding a little spare time to come and play on the road with us. No worries. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. 
Well, guys, we've talked about it, so it's time we played Sweet Talk's brilliant new single. Dave, would you introduce it for us, please? Absolutely. My name's Dave from Sweet Talk, and this is Warm Love. Thanks, mate. Cool. Thank you.
there's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Andy. How are you, mate? Doing all right, mate. Yourself? I'm just wonderful. I'm as, I'm as fit as 10 bears. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a lie. <laughs> I've never met 10 bears, so I'm oh, yeah. not sure I can actually picture that, but I'm going to take your word for it. 10 yogis, imagine, 10 yogi bears. <laughs> 10, oh, imagine 10 yogis. Oh. <laughs> Spare me. Mate, what's the go at the moment? Everyone's retiring, all this, all these influential people, you know, all your Alan Joyce's and your Rupert Murdoch's yep. all, yep. all announcing their retirements. Yeah. Just cracks me up all the, the stories of you know Rupert and how yeah well that was always going to happen because he's no good and it's got nothing to do with the fact he's like 193 years old you know he's only 92 but anyway yeah, well there you go <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean look at no, maybe he just wants to enjoy his last couple of years on the planet who knows as yeah, if he well, as if he hasn't been already I suppose. Yeah, but, bless him, so he should too. Yeah. Alan Joyce, that's another story, but we won't go. Oh, like, don't even start me on Alan. Don't even, <laughs> don't even start me. I love the way that Qantas are just apologising now, saying, oh, we know we've let everyone down. Yes, you absolutely have. And, you yeah, know, that wasn't half a red script either, was it? Oh, no. no. She, she, she looks at, does she look like any, any more like a meat puppet than, to you than anyone else? I, I mean, <laughs> she, she's just, I mean, I hate to say it, but she just seems to me like uh, she's the one that got the job because she's been most likely to be voted to be not booed. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a, a scary sort of a thought. But anyway, let's not do Qantas, mate. Let's just get into no. some other stuff. Indeed. So what are we not talking about this week? Well, we're not going to talk about Maxi Trans closing their big factory at Carroll Park after only three years. That's We're not going to talk about that. You can read plenty <laughs> about that. Uh, we're not going to talk about the new Isuzu owner's family truck. We're not going to talk about Shellcard taking out the CanStar Award. Okay. We're not going to talk about CPAP offering direct sleep therapy for on the road. CPAP's an interesting thing. But, I mean, it's, sub- it's a subject that's worthy of conversation, but we're not going to do it today. Well, we did a story about that in some we time did. back, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah, about a driver. It was interesting. Yeah. He's cured, yeah. by the way. He doesn't use the CPAP anymore, that guy. So. Oh, good. Yeah, he had a had a uh, had an operation on his nose, and it sorted that out for him. He hasn't slept since. Yeah. <laughs> no, he hasn't slept since. <laughs> All sorted. Scania yeah. or Scania, if you're in New Zealand, mm. have introduced a new mounting bar. So there you go. I don't know what they're mounting on it, but they've introduced a new one. Uh, electric yeah, Volvo okay. truck production gets underway in Ghent. Yeah, G H E N T. 
and uh, there must be some sort of a prize if you can guess where that is. It's in Europe somewhere. It's got to be in Germany or something, I suppose, doesn't it? Ghent? I don't know. Could be wrong. No, don't know. Anyway, the e-canter sales have boomed locally and abroad, but I'm not going to talk about that either, mate. Let's get on to the stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, let's do it, mate. I, I was actually, just when you said there about Kiwi accents and things, I, I was having a bit of a listen around to some music the other day and I came across some uh, an old song, Made My Day, by Tim Finn, which was a great song. Yeah. But I think if, if you're a Kiwi, yeah. why would you call yourself, your son, Tum Fun? You know, <laughs> could you have done a worse job of giving them a name? Oh, oh, no. Anyway, oh, anyway. meth rules isn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> On the subject of musicians, I was listening to an interview with everyone's favourite ageing rock star, Keith Richards, the other day. Right, eh? And he was asked his thoughts about all the negative press he gets in the media, as he has for years and years. And he said, I was once photographed, I love this, I was once photographed out partying. I may have been a little drunk, drugged up and looking a bit worse for wear. <laughs> that sounds like sounds like teeth on a good day to me. It does. Yeah. Anyway, he went on to say, the news media got hold of the photo and my picture was splashed across all the tabloid papers with the headline, The Terrifying Effects of Substance Abuse. <laughs> Yeah. This dude said, when I first saw it, I went home and had a long, hard look at myself in the mirror. Yep. And and then in the sun, the Daily Star and the Tribune, and I thought to myself, that's rock and roll right there. <laughs> I uh, love Keith. Yeah, look, <laughs> yeah. When, when Keith dies, it'll be the end of an era, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I don't want to be around post-Keith. Post-Keith? Anyway, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you may recall the story back in October 22 when a tanker carrying ammonium nitrate emulsion exploded on the Great Central Road. A year later, and they're now saying the explosion was avoidable. Well, that's a surprise, isn't it? Yeah, it's good know. to know. Bit of a yeah. bit of a tyre and bearing fire or some bloody thing. Hmm. Uh, and of course, happens in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I might, went back. I love the way they're talking about how these uh, fire extinguishers are simply inadequate. I mean, once once a tyre catches fire, they take a hell of a bit of a lot of putting out and dry powder and and water and that sort of stuff. You know, three fire extinguishers, which is all you'd be required to carry, just mm-hmm. isn't enough. Well, gee, there's a surprise. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, uh, I I was quite surprised the guy hung around for for as long as he did. I'd have popped the buddy ring feeder and racked off real quick. Yeah, you know, with the back left, just left the back trailer sitting there, which is what he eventually did, and that's what saved his life. It says here in the story, fighting fires with water requires significant quantities to cool the tire and extinguish the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, foam or encapsulating agents don't work that well; uh, they blanket the area. But obviously, uh, a burning object is a little bit harder to blanket than some a fire on the ground. You know, like spilled fuel or something. Yeah. So this report uh, contains 16 recommendations for industry and everyone involved in transporting dangerous goods must understand their responsibility. Dangerous goods is one of the most regulated areas of transport. Um, And as you know, I work in the dangerous goods area. Yes. Some of the fines we can get for things are quite eye-watering. When you sit back and have a look at the, the sort of things that we cart and the volatility of it or the corrosive nature of it or the fumes or or whatever. I'm surprised that uh, we're allowed to drive the things on the road at all sometimes. Mm-hmm. We do as much as we can to mitigate the risk, but nothing is risk-free. Not even going to bed is risk-free. 
Not in this house, it isn't. No, it's not, not in my house either. You get a pillow over your face at any moment. Depends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Uh, no. Explosion would not have occurred if the driver had been able to extinguish the fire. Well, tell us something we don't know. Yeah. Transport operators can also modify the design of their tanker trailers to better protect them from fires. Of course they can, but you can't modify things to the point where they're impossible for things to happen. It's just not, it is not possible to do that. Uh, the investigation from the state government directed the department to introduce legislative amendments and help develop a new code of practice to ensure risks of such events is kept as low as possible. We've already done that. Mm. We don't see these things happening every day. And, and they're lucky that these things happen. This, well, they're lucky that this happened out in the middle of nowhere, out on yeah. the central highway. Mm. Uh, the emergency response teams felt the blast uh, from three kilometres away, while workers at a mine site around 25 kilometres away felt the vibrations and saw, uh, saw windows rattling. The explosion created a crater 15 metres by 17 metres wide and a metre deep. So it's excavated quite a little bit of dirt. Yeah. A 100 kilogram piece of steel shrapnel was thrown approximately 413 metres from the blast site. 31 kilograms of the trailer's turntable was found 600 and something metres away. I mean, it was a big bang, uh, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. But you've got to understand, you're out in the central highway, you're in the middle of nowhere, it's in the desert, it's in the heat. Mm -hmm. Things catch fire. And they do everything that they can do to mitigate the risk already. I don't think that there's anything more that we can do. I reckon... Oh, we could ban, we could ban tyres on the, the trailers. We could, we could. Maybe yeah. we could. Maybe we could, I don't know, just get Scotty to beam a bit across everywhere you want it to go, just do that. That would. Mm. We've made it to the point now where there's got to be an answer for everything. There's got to be a safer way to do things or, you know, sometimes we do things that are risky for the benefit that's involved in doing it. Nothing is risk-free, not even going to bed or walking down the street, nothing. No. Not a thing. Well, so we're not allowed to have accidents anymore. What, what used to be accidents yep. now aren't allowed to happen anymore. Yeah. And someone's always got to be to blame. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's craziness. And Just on, there's a sideline to that. I was watching, there's a show on TV called How Is It Made? Mm. And I was watching one the other day and it was all about the building of a, a tanker trailer yep. and how the tank is put together. And it, it, it was astounding. It was just such incredible work that they put into those things to yeah. keep them safe. Yeah. Well, anyway. you know, they, the acid tankers and things like that, I've seen them roll right over on their roofs and they don't leak. Hopefully you didn't see that in your rear view mirror. No, no, I didn't. Fortunately, <laughs> I didn't. But, uh, you know, you've seen them see them all the time. But that, but then you, you saw there's a road train load of fuel up in the up in the Kimberley got, mm -hmm. got hit and got sliced open on the side like a tin opener, a couple of trailers. Yeah, yeah. You can't control everything. It's just impossible. It and, is. Uh, anyway, there you go. That's that one. Let's move on Indeed. to the next one. Mike, after a review of speed zones by Cobar Shire Council, the speed limit's been increased to 110 kilometres an hour on the Kidman Way between Cobar and Hilston. Not often do you hear of it being increased. No, you don't. But the other part about it that's interesting is that why would that be of any interest to truck drivers? We can't do 110. No, no, and no. don't. There you go. Get no. out there, boys. Dial them up. Button them up. Yep. And uh, get out there doing 110. No, the interesting part about this is that there, there will be cars out there that are going to be wanting to do 110 or more, uh, as they mm. do out there. 
and uh, it just creates uh, road speed differences between cars and, and, other, and trucks and other vehicles are a hazard in and of themselves. Uh, people don't seem yep. to think about that too much, but, yep. um, you know, you get two speed limited trucks trying to overtake each other. Uh, one's heavy and one's lighter, and the guy that's lighter wants to get round because every time he goes up a hill, the heavy guy slows him down. And, you know, we've, yep. we've got a right to be out there and doing what we can do the same as anyone else. And you get two or three cars behind you, and then you should see the fun that happens. Yeah. Um, people get frustrated. You hold them up for five seconds, they get frustrated. And I suppose this is why this story is interesting to me. It just creates a, a, a road speed difference between uh, cars and, and other vehicles. And look, there are road trains out there just doing 90. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a 20 kilometre an hour road speed difference. Uh, look, <laughs> we talk about risk. We were talking about risks in the last story. A 20 kilometre an hour road speed difference between cars on the open road is a risk mm-hmm. because not everyone can estimate distance properly. Uh, some of us aren't as good at driving as others. And unfortunately, you know, there was just a, a, an article in the news today, only today, uh, where they're saying that the uh, fatality rates and the accident rates in the country areas, people dying on the roads in country areas, exceeds those dying on the roads in the city uh, because of the nature and the speed of the accidents. Well, let's yeah. increase the speed to 110. I'm not yeah. saying it shouldn't be 110. But, you know, understand that there are risks. Like we said, there are risks in everything. It seems as though we're we're happy to take that risk, though. I'd be willing to bet there'll be more car accidents where people lose their lives than there will be A&E explosions. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, anyway, that's enough. (laughs) With the commencement of a new bridge and elevated roadway as part of the Westgate Tunnel project, there are to be closures to Wurundjeri, is it? Wurundjeri Way. Wurundjeri Way and Dudley Street in both directions for eight weeks from October 6th. Yep. So as if the traffic in around the central part of Melbourne isn't as buggered enough already, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to just add to it. Uh, detour routes will be eastbound on the M1 into Lorimer Street and head back to Webb Dock uh, or exit the M1 at Montague Street. Don't turn right because you'll hit the bridge and re-enter the M1 at <laughs> Todd Road. Oh, man, that Montague Street bridge, that's claimed a few, that is mm. a short thing. Uh, Vic Road says the closures will put pressure on the road and public transport network. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Whoever said that's obviously got a degree in stating the bloody obvious. Yes. Uh, works yes. and exclusion zones take key arterials across uh, Melbourne to a new level of stupid. That's all I can say. Um, yep. <laughs> there's nothing to add. It's going to happen. It's got to happen to finish the project. God, please get on with it, you know. Yeah. Stay away from we'll Melbourne. Don't even go there. Yeah. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Safe Work SA has sent out a warning regarding the importance of managing the risks of vehicle rollaways after a truck rolled 200 metres before crashing into a shed containing seven DeLorean cars in the Adelaide Hills this week. I guess the truck was heading back to the future or forward to the past or something. <laughs> DeLoreans. Checking out the snow tyres on the DeLoreans. Seven of them. Seven DeLoreans. I didn't know there were seven DeLoreans still in existence. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's put a hole in the world's uh, supplies of flux capacitors. It does. It does. Doctor and uh, young Marty will be very, very upset. Spare parts are now at a premium. 
Rollaways can occur with any type of mobile plant, including cars, forklift truck, tractors, trailers, passenger vehicles, blah, 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 blah. Safe work, South Australia. Thanks very much for your input. Look, I, you can't. They're, they're for at least a new fact sheet. Okay, good. You know, there's always... <laughs> this just goes around in circles, doesn't it? Someone, it how does. do these people get a job? Businesses have a duty to, under work health and safety laws, to eliminate or minimise risk so far as reasonably practical. That's true, they do. Mm. Uh, but how do you eliminate the risk of some flog climbing out without setting the park brake? Yeah. Right? Yep. And they say, ah, oh, wheel chocks, we'll put wheel chocks. Well, if he gets out without setting the park brake, the wheel chocks are a little bit redundant at that point, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, I don't know. They they carry on about all this sort of thing. Uh, I mean, you, you see it at Changeover Bay. Tarkata's a, a beauty. The Smash Up Derby Bay at Tarkata. Yes. Um, it's on a lovely angle. Instead of being flat, like these, every everything that involves truck parking should be flat. Okay. Kind of makes sense. Important safety tip: make it flat. Mm. Mm. That there alone reduces the risks of things rolling away. Now, there are trucks like some Volvos, for example, you open the driver's side door and that applies the park brake. Lovely. Right. And it comes down to, as we said before, things being made simple, you know, keep it simple, because only then simple people will be able to do it without getting hurt. The object of the exercise is that you apply the park brake. Now, I have seen guys back up to a set of trailers, you know, hook the turntable on, go back mm. behind the legs up, and I uh, saw this at Tarkata Parking Bay with my own eyes. Guy went back and uh, went on the landing gear up. He was lucky he had one of those razor push-button ones that raised the legs electrically. He didn't have to stand there and wind them. Mm. Climbed up between the lead trailer and the prime mover and plugged the electrical leads in. The lights came on. Um, you know, sitting there, driver's doors open on the truck, which is fine. I'm, who knows? It yep. doesn't matter. But uh, he, he's put the, put the airline on and uh, the whole truck and trailer just started to roll away straight away. So, so, so what did he do? Rather than just unplug the airline, which would have reapplied the brakes on the trailer instantly, right? Yeah. He decided it'd be a good idea to jump off and run and try and catch up and pull the brakes on on the tra- on the prime mover. Okay. And this is the sort of thing that happens. People people make these mistakes with complete confidence. Yeah. Then they're in an emergency situation, and because they don't have deep knowledge of what happens. They make a fundamental mistake. All he had to do was just disconnect the airline. He's standing right there with his hands on it. All he had to do was just pull it off. It, that's yeah. it. The brakes are reapplied on the trailer straight away. Problem solved. Yes. I know. So that trailer sailed off down the bloody parking area because by the time he got off and got his balance back and and uh, tried to get up to the cab, the thing was already 20 metres down the road from him. He couldn't, you know, unless he was an Olympic sprinter, he was never going to catch it. And it smashed into the barriers down the back and did untold damage and everyone stood back and laughed and clapped their hands and, oh, wasn't that entertaining? But this is the sort of thing that happens and you can't mitigate that risk unless you train people properly. And this is where some of these things should be focused. So trucks are always going to roll away uh, and it's unfortunate. It does happen. (laughs) I love the way they say a rollaway incident involves the unintentional movement of a vehicle (laughs) because it's not been safely immobilised. Safe work. Safe work, South Australia. The most incidents caused by the handbrake not being engaged or being ineffective. Who knew? Next. Who knew? 
Mate, performance data from the much-anticipated Tesla Semi has been released, so we can now judge whether what has been dubbed Elon's most badass rig on the road <laughs> is all that the hype has promised. <laughs> oh, the badass rig. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know, mate. Let's just have a quick talk about this for a second. The, the, uh, the Tesla Semi, there's only one customer for Tesla at the moment, and that's PepsiCo. Yeah. Uh, I think they've only made about 20 of them. There's, there's not too many that have been made. Tesla's claimed that uh, 500 mile, mile range at 81,000 pounds, and we don't know, I haven't done the conversion, but it's, I suppose, what's 81,000 pounds? I don't know. Can you do the maths while I talk? I don't know. About $140,000. <laughs> Good on you. Oh, sorry. We're talking weight, aren't we? No, no, we are. Yeah. Tesla Semi's been around for a while now, and the hype has been, you know, this thing will do this, blah, blah, and there's been plenty of video of them blowing away trucks going up the hills. No argument these electric vehicles have torque and you know, just raw power beyond anything any diesel truck's got to offer. I had a drive yeah. of, a, of an electric car when I was in New Zealand, a Polestar, mm. which is a Volvo, basically. An electric mm. Volvo. And, you know, I've driven big V8s and things like that, but this thing set you back in the seat. It was just raw power. And from zero, too. Like, it's, they just go. The problem that I've, we're looking here, I'm looking at this story. This uh, this comes from Overdrive, this story, Overdrive magazine in the States. So this is why it's all in American money. They're saying that Tesla's claim of a 500-mile range at 81,000 pounds might not be that far from the truth. Mm. They've done a, a, a fair bit of research on the thing. That They had a few trucks. They had three trucks that were running, carting different loads. A Semi-1 travelled 416 miles and stopped once for about 20 minutes to charge. So it went mm-hmm. from 17.5% battery to 30% after travelling 335 miles. And finally ending up with 17.5% at the conclusion of the day. Semi-2 put up 295 miles. They're saying that uh, Semi-3 semi got 377 miles, but they're saying that the average distance of a truck uh, travels in the US is at 65 miles an hour over six, 6.5 hours in a day, which mm. is just 430 miles a day. Well, yeah. in their available 14 hours. So they're saying that the, the, the Tesla Semi is well able to do all that. The problem that we've got, though, is the charging and the charging time. Yep. That is the problem. And the other part about it is that there aren't any of these bloody fast chargers that are suitable for the trucks anywhere. Mm. PepsiCo obviously you know, tracks their uh, their trucks pretty closely and, and knows what's going on with them. They talked about different weights and, and things like that. The uh, Tesla semis are allowed an extra 2,000 pounds, so they're allowed to be 82,000 pounds, whereas their regular semis are not. Look, we're 42 and a half for a, a regular semi, so I'd imagine the eighty thousand pounds has got to be somewhere around there. Yeah, it'd have to be close. It might be a little bit less, actually. I think. And they were running them during the day, so they're not. They weren't running running them in high wind or rain or or any of those other things that that we have to run on every day. The fact of the matter is, is that they they're spending a couple of hours on charge to get only a few percent. Mm. It's just it just doesn't work. You can, you know run in and fill a buddy uh, a diesel truck from empty to full in 20 minutes and uh, away you go, you know, or 1,200 yep. litres of fuel or whatever it is you're carting yep. and away you go and you don't have to do it again and it doesn't matter whether it rains, blows blows a gale and service stations are all over the place. Now, I have said in the past and you know that I've said that I think there's a place in, in uh, trucking for everything 
And yeah. certainly there's a place here for electric vehicles. If they can get back to base and get on a charger and there's downtime on the truck, that's fine. But trucks are doing changeovers and, and running. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I struggle to see how they fit. And as we've said when we've talked to, to Lex Forsyth from Janus, just to give Lex a bit of a bit of a plug here, and I've seen one of his trucks on the road now too, by the way. Mm. This changeable battery system is much better than the than the uh, batteries mounted in the in the uh, trucks like the ones on the Tesla. At yeah. least then you can just sort of basically refuel it in a short period of time or re-energize it. They say just swap them out. Yeah, just swap them out. Not the way you go. Mm. So I'm sorry I got the number wrong. To be blunt, Tesla sold 36 semis they have. Okay. Uh, so they're not really in production yet. It's uh, it's a long way to go. It is going to happen though. There's no doubt about that. And uh, they're you know, aerodynamic and all that. I worry about what would happen to them over here if we hit a roo or something like that. How much damage would be done? It's like yeah. that, like the hydrogen truck that we did the review on a little while ago. There's really not a lot to them. Mm. A little while ago, there was no data on anything with respect to these uh, these Teslas. Now we've got some, and they seem as though that they're, they're they're living up to the height. The cost and things like that is going to be a factor down the track. I think that these uh, electric trucks are attracting quite a bit in the way of subsidies, and uh, that really not uh, an apples for apples uh, sort of a playground. I know that in California now that they've said that they don't want to have any uh, diesel fuel trucks working out of the docks over the next few years. I think it's only a couple of years before the, that ban happens and that, that legislation's already in place. Mm. There's a little bit to come out of that yet too. I'd encourage anyone to have a look at the Overdrive. You can get Overdrive online and uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff and we do tend to follow what happens in America. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, my biggest issue is with it that you can't, you can't honestly, seriously call something a badass rig if it sounds like a, an electric whippersnipper. <laughs> you reckon unless it's got 10-inch Adelaide Sporties and a Gen 2 in it, mate, it's not worth listening to? No. Yeah, right. Eh? Fair enough, too. Right. Fair enough, too. And there's nothing like an E9 at full noise. What can we say? But, uh, yeah, yes. I don't know. I just I just yeah. worry about the the uh, the false economy of the whole thing. You know, they reckon they're green and all that sort of thing without mm. without looking at all the resources that go into creating the batteries. And then what do you do with it when it's finished? I mean, we've only well, got to see all the windmill blades and everything that they can't yeah, recycle yeah. that they bury. They bury them, yep. I mean, what are we? The common sense has gone out the window, but anyway. Gone. 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 That's it, mate. I've got no breaking news. We've been going for too long now anyway. Well, we had. So, quickly, I, I thought I'd present you with two thoughts for the week this week. Oh, really? Yeah, one's a nice one and the other one's perhaps not so politically correct, but okay. they, they, both, they both have a place, I think. So, no, no. Fire away. First up, if, if you want peace, you don't talk to your friends, you talk to your enemies. <laughs> True. That comes from Bishop Desmond Tutu. Yes. Yes. And the other one is, I was taught to think before I act, so if I smack the crap out of you, rest assured I've thought it through thoroughly and I'm confident in my decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> leave you in peace, brother. I'll leave you in peace too. Any day, and my little thought for the day is any day you can get through without needing bail money is a good day. <laughs> yeah, true enough. <laughs> 
Right on. Right on. Thanks, mate. Bye bye. Bye. Kermy here from Trucking with Kermy. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermy on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. Hey, it's Andy here again with a bit of late breaking music news for you. We just found out that the ever-popular Roadhammers are on their way down under for a concert tour, which includes a live performance next Saturday night at the Lights on the Hill celebrations in Gatton. It's a great chance to rock out to the powerhouse sounds live of the Roadhammer band and take in all of the incredible stuff at the Memorial Lights on the Hill event this weekend. Now, just in case you need a reminder, here they are with their monster hit, I'm a Roadhammer. On the mountainside, south of the river bend, I got my cell phone. She's on roll, sweet little thing wants to get it on. She says I left something turned on. Can't wait till I'm back again. I'm a road hammer, white knuckles, steel gear jammer, brake jockey, highway slammer.
Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. An old saying goes, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I'm beginning to wonder what's going on out there in the real world of road transport, transport and logistics, if you want to go all the way and talk about trains and warehouses and all those other things where there's a few of the problems that uh, have been identified. As far as I can see, the, apart from the ATA, the silence from the rest, the rest of the industry is deafening. Like we had the two interviews that Mike did with uh, Senator Glenn Stirl and, and um, Michael Caine. What is it they're trying to tell us here? That uh, they're just happy to sit on their hands and wait for us to get lucky one day? Like surely if there's the problems they're talking about with the gig economy and the subbies being poorly treated and unfair contracts and all these things, surely the longer these people are given to cement their uh, questionable practices... Uh, and um, bed them down, um, the harder the cycle is to break. And now we're seeing money coming from the subcontinent and that sort of thing, building up new startups with 20 new Volvos on the road in one hit and, and uh, uh, cultural and caste and religious uh, beliefs and behaviours uh, involved in those businesses that are totally uh, out of whack with how we do life in Australia, whether it's business life or personal life. And uh, so I, I just don't understand the uh, the deafening silence that we're witnessing here. And I I was pretty angry last week, and I still am angry, but I've calmed down a little bit. But the interesting thing is that the one um, group of people that are making their thoughts known, whether you agree with them or not, are the ATA. On the 4th of September, David Smith issued a press release saying, and quote, the closing loopholes bill will deliver fairer contracts for all trucking businesses, the chair of the Australian Trucking Association, David Smith, said today. Mr Smith was commenting on the Fair Work Legislation Amendment Closing Loopholes Bill, which the Minister Tony Burke introduced into Parliament. Mr Smith said the bill and future regulations would enable the Fair Work Commission to issue two new orders, road transport minimum standards, road transport industry contractual chain orders could apply to the whole contract chain. And he went on to say what the ATA's objectives were in their discussions with the government and how they'd had three meetings with Mr Burke and everything else. And, of course, uh, I and, of course, Mike, in agreeing with me, were on record for uh, giving credit to the ATA where it was due for the uh, quality of their submission and um, for the fact that they shared it with everyone in their uh, Friday facts. And uh, I'm going to come back to that submission shortly because I've had another bit of a thought bubble. I don't know whether... It can be helpful or viewed with any um, positivity or not, but anyway, we can only hope some days. And another item I have for you of interest from the ATA, quote, 
ATACA Matthew Munro met last week with the Australian Green spokesperson on infrastructure, transport and sustainable cities, Elizabeth Watson-Brown. Grouping transport in with infrastructure and sustainable cities and arts and all these other things is going to be a, a subject I uh, pursue in um, my column for the third issue of Truck and Life. So watch this space. Anyway, to resume the quote, Matthew provided an overview of the ATA's position on the closing loopholes bill, including its objectives, and went on. So they've flagged their interest in the Senate in participating in the Senate committee, which is uh, we know about. And the ATA, this is the end of the quote, the ATA will continue liaising with the Greens and the other parties and independents as the bill makes its way through Parliament. Well, I've got two things to say about that. Firstly, good on the ATA for for one, being active, and two, making it known to their members and, and the industry in general, which uh, way ahead of what anyone else is having to say. As I said before, the silence is deafening from the likes of the Australian Road Transport Industrial Organisation, the NRFA, Nat Road, and, uh, of course, the union itself. They're all sitting back patting themselves on the back thinking life's wonderful. Well, I'm sorry, but it ain't, fellas and ladies. You've got a lot of work to do, and it's time a few people stood up rather than just basking in the glow of self-satisfaction of having achieved not much at all. But the two things I want to say about the ATA is uh, David Smith reckons he's identified in that 800 pages of the closing of loophole legislation um, where uh, their objectives can be met within that. Uh, you know, the ATA's submitted objectives can be met within that. Well, I'd like David and Matthew, if they could, to share with us where they found that in the bill. Surely um, it's not too much to expect that they could share with us the location of what they're talking about within it. But anyway, let's go back to the uh, ATA submission that uh, I gave credit for a few weeks ago in the broadcast and that Mike got uh, uh, some abuse in the background from a surprising quarter anyway because... uh, we actually had the temerity to uh, give the ATA credit for anything. Well, the ATA is like every other organisation uh, involved in this and involved in life. Um, they're only as good as the people in them. And uh, the one thing I'll say about the ATA is that it uh, it inherited Matt Munro from um, the uh, Livestock and Bulk Carriers Association, where he was very pro- proactive and uh, has been given credit for uh, being very active and getting some good things happening there. And um, the participation level and the uh, the public profile of the ATA has lifted since Matthew has been in the chair, and um, rightfully so because he's there trying to do a good job, and uh, he, he has my support until such times as uh, I see reason to withdraw it, and I can't see that at the moment because at least we hear from them, at least we know what they're saying and who they're talking to and what their thoughts are. But what I'd like to see is these visits to the Greens and whoever else he's visiting, and obviously I'm sure the independents, especially uh, David Pocock and uh, Jackie Lambie and um, the crossbench senators, I'm sure that he's been talking to them all. Now, what would be wrong if the ATA approached the uh, so-called United Industry members that the TWU say they've got united with them and said, now listen, fellas, you know, we're not happy with the progress of all this and it's all a bit slow and there is, you know, we can see a need to get things happening more quickly. How about instead of waiting for senators and committees and all sorts of things to worry about whether they uh, split the bill and do this or do that, how about we do it ourselves? How about we grab the submission that the 
ATA put up, which I'm sure includes everything that the other uh, so-called unity members uh, are, are, are in support of. How about we uh, look at uh, implementing that from the top down, as, been, as, as has been suggested uh, on something to talk about, and um, I'm pretty sure that the uh, ATA were embracing that, that idea as well. How about we uh, go and see David Pocock and the, the, the other crossbench senators and uh, say, now, listen, folks, what we could do with this, put it up as a, a private member's bill or a bill from the Senate and then go down to the House and seek uh, bipartisan support for it and get it through and get some targeted legislation happening in a hurry for the industry. It's just an idea. I'd like to hear from someone about it and see what they say or what they think instead of putting up with a deafening silence from week to week. Thanks for listening. To take us out of the show, here's this week's featured band Sweet Talk with their great song, Superman.
is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm -hmm.